0: Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan varzukna Warinal wa arina al-baatula batulan Rabbi Shrahli sadri ve yassirli amri vahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Sa'id Nursi podcast series This is Mustafa Tuna You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org Inshallah, a rough translation of the text, which is uh, the 19th word, is going to be posted at this website too. You can go to podcasts in the menu then to words, then to the 19th word, and scroll down to the relevant section, inshallah. So we are continuing to, to read the 19th word. The 19th word is about the Sultan of Creation, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa Ustad Nursi gives us an explanation of who he is, what he brought, what he did, Why there has to be a messenger, there has to be a teacher in this realm who is going to teach human beings and the jinn about their creator, about their Lord, and how and why that person ultimately can be nobody, nobody but Muhammad ibn Abdullah al-Arabi, the beloved of God, who walked this earth hundreds of years ago, hundreds of years ago, but whose message and metaphysical personality is more alive than us humble, ordinary human beings walking the earth. Zatnursti so gives this lesson in the context of what is there out there that teaches us about our Lord? Everything teaches us about, about our Lord. However, universal teachers, teachers who have a comprehensive mission, who see the whole reality. So he lists the cosmos, the Quran, and Prophet Muhammad wasallam among these teachers, and then moves on to give us his beautiful explanations about the matter. The treatise, the 19th word, is composed of small sections that Ustad called Resha, which we can translate, somewhat translate, as droplet. We read the first five droplets, inshallah, today we will, we will continue with the sixth and then we will see how far we can go and this text is also based on an earlier text that Ustad Nursi had written in Arabic and and um, included in his compilation of earlier treatises called Mathnavi Nuri Al-Arabi or Mathnavi Arabi Al-Nuri Luminous Mathnavi in Arabic the section from the masnavi, or in Turkish masnavi Nuriye is a bit uh lengthier and we are reading that as an explanation of the uh, the parts that we are reading from the 19th word too that's what we have been doing in the past three episodes uh, during which we read the red pieces from the 19th word so we will do the same today inshallah so bismillah 6. droplet İşte o zat bir saadeti i ebediyenin muhbiri, müjdecisi, bir rahmeti bir nihayenin kâşifi ve ilancısı ve saltanat-ı rububiyetin mehasinenin dellalı, seyircisi ve künuzu esma-i ilahiyenin keşhafı, göstericisi olduğundan böyle baksan yani ubudiyeti cihetiyle onu bir misali muhabbet bir timsali rahmet, bir şerefi insaniyet, en e nurani bir semere-i şecere-i, şecere-i hilkat göreceksin. Şöyle baksan, yani risaleti cihetiyle, bir burhan-ı hak, bir siracı hakikat, bir şems-i hidayet, bir vesile-i saadet görürsün. Here, since that person, the Prophet Muhammed sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem, Since this is the sixth uh, droplet, he is referring to, Stadnus. He is referring to him as that person. Uh, We try to imagine ourselves traveling to the Arabian Peninsula and seeing, visiting the Prophet ﷺ at the helm of his duty, uh, on his pulpit, giving his sermon to the creation, to human beings, to believers. And now we are referring to that person as this person that we visited. Here, since that person is the herald of an eternal felicity and the giver of its glad tidings, the unveiler and proclaimer of an endless mercy, the public crier and spectator of the beauties of the royal power of lordship, and the discoverer and displayer of the treasures of divine names, if you look at him in this way, that is, from the point of view of his worshipful slavehood, You will see him to be an exemplar of love, reflection of mercy, honor of humanity, and the most luminous fruit of the tree of creation. And if you look at him in this other way, that is from the point of view of his messengership, you see him to be a demonstration of truth, the lamp of reality, a son of guidance, and a means to felicity. So a lot is packed in one paragraph let's try to read it again here since that person is the herald of an eternal felicity and the giver of its glad tidings eternal felicity paradise vision of god Radhaullah, god's contentment god's pleasure we were forlorn in this universe without him without messengers prophets in general and without the messenger of god muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we didn't know why we were here we didn't know where we came from yes we would find ourselves in this sometimes beautiful sometimes troublesome world We could perhaps enjoy ourselves if we were able to numb our senses and thoughts and did not think about the ultimate reality for each and every human being that is waiting them at the end of their journey of life, that is death. But oftentimes we would not even be able to numb our senses and that reality would trouble us, bother us. We would be suffering from the parting of things that we loved we would be lost there are people who are lost may God guide them to the one who is the herald of eternal felicity not only the herald not only the giver of glad tidings about it but also the one who shows the way to it who teaches us about the higher reality, who teaches us about what is to come after this life. Now, there are many people who talk about the higher reality out there. We are not going to deny that, but this is the one with sound examination we can ascertain, we can be assured that the message he is giving is true, He is giving that message from the owner of reality, from the real, from God, from the creator, from the one who sent us here. And he is showing us the way to that eternal felicity because that eternal felicity is attained by by being in a position where That creator would turn to us with his mercy and be content with us and out of his generosity and munificence tell us, okay, I'm accepting you among my slaves and I'm going to put you in my paradise. Come enter upon my slaves, come enter into my paradise. So he is the herald of an eternal felicity and the giver of its glad tidings. He shows, he proclaims that there is eternal felicity. You are not stuck in this world. There is a solution to your human predicament. The unveiler and proclaimer of endless mercy. That is the source. That is the power. That is our refuge in order to get out of what we think that we are stuck in, in this world. Endless mercy. By ourselves. Left to our own means, we would not be able to do that. We cannot kill death. We cannot stop things from becoming old and expiring and dying and breaking and dying, leaving us. We cannot do that. But there is endless mercy. And even though we we fall short and we lose to our lower soul and the whisperings of Satan and the attractions of the world and etc., etc., even though we are not deserving of it, out of His mercy, He tells us. Come, enter upon my slaves, enter my paradise, out of his mercy. And Prophet Muhammad is the unveiler and proclaimer of that mercy. Also the channeler. He is the one who channels it onto us, onto his, his ummah. Being members of his community of believers, we benefit from the mercy that he receives from his Lord and channels to us too. But we would not know about that mercy. We would know that there is mercy. We would look around in the universe, we see instances of mercy, but we would not be able to know exactly the source, the endlessness, and also the way to that mercy. The public crier and the spectator of the beauties of the royal power of lordship. All these things that are happening around us—storms in the oceans, earthquakes—all these things that are tribulations for us—we get sick. We get our our Lord sometimes manifests himself in majestic ways, but if we know how to look at things from the right perspective there is beauty in all of them his mercy has covered right his mercy has uh, surpassed his wrath he wants to likes to show himself to us in his beautific attributes more than in his majestic attributes but when beauty and majesty come together, there you have perfection. And beauty is loved for its own sake, but p- perfection is also loved for its own sake. There is a higher level of recognition that we attain by witnessing him in his perfection. He shows us the beautiful face of everything. Prophet Muhammad, like a public crier, he proclaims. But he doesn't only proclaim, he also watches it, beholds it. And in his example, we see how to behold beauty. Beauty of the royal power of lordship. The beauty that is that emerges from him being the sultan. Him being the Rab, the Lord of everything, everything being connected to one another through their relationship with Him. The beauty that emerges in the creation when we see that things are relying upon one another, things are not in a constant deathly struggle, but they are helping one another. When we see that there is Cooperation, assistance, compassion in the universe, everywhere, in everything. Then we see, we start to see beauty. When we see the big picture, even the troubles and tribulations that we go through or we witness in the creation show us their beautiful face. And we know how to make the most out of them reality is beautiful and we start to see that reality is beautiful and our lives become beautiful thanks to him thanks to muhammad sallallahu the discoverer and displayer of the treasures of divine names which ultimately leads us to our purpose in this creation the discoverer and displayer of the treasures of divine names all that is around it us is but manifestations of divine names. And the beauty that we see on them don't do not does not belong to them. When we look at the, the tree in the summer, it's green, it's lush, perhaps it is blooming and blossoming, there are fruits. It's so beautiful, but then fall comes all the, those leaves fall. They go, disappear, they rot. So that beauty does not belong to the tree. But if you find the source of beauty, that is if you understand that that beauty that we witnessed during the spring and summer in that on that lush, beautiful tree was but a manifestation of the true beauty of our Lord, then we can turn our hearts, we can turn our gaze our intentions to the source of that beauty and he is abiding he is everlasting he does not disappear and we can know then that if we live and if the cosmos lives if the rising qiyama the end of times does not come next year this tree will be a locus of manifestation of his beauty again. And if the rising comes, well, we are looking forward to paradise, which is a manifestation of his beauty. So, and the discoverer and displayer of the treasures of divine name. So, Prophet Muhammad wasallam is all of these. He's many other things too, but these are really important points about his message and duty in his place uh, between us and our lord the herald of an eternal felicity and the giver of its glad tidings the unveiler and proclaimer of an endless mercy the public crier and spectator of the beauties of the royal power of lordship and the discoverer and displayer of the treasures of divine names since he is all of these if you look at him in this way that is from the point of view of his worshipful slavehood If you look at him from the point of view of his worshipful slavehood, if you look at him standing before his Lord, with his entire existence turning to his Lord, and worshipping, glorifying, paying gratitude, being owed by, being bewildered by, before his lord if you see him before his lord from the point of view of his worshipful slavehood you will see him to be an exemplar of love he is the beloved of god a reflection of mercy a reflection of mercy god sent him as a mercy to the worlds right as a mercy to the worlds Everything, everything in the creation is able to or has a chance to fulfill its uh, purpose of creation, thanks to Muhammad. The purpose of that creation being the manifestation of the divine names, attributes, beauty, majesty, perfection of God. And that manifestation entails, requires, spectators, conscious beings who behold that beauty, perfection, and majesty as manifest on the creation, the star somewhere in the depths of the cosmos. That is that is the ultimate purpose of the star. And to see, to behold everything. Every conscious being who has the ability to see or to perceive more broadly needs light, a means of perception. And it is the light of Prophet Muhammad wasallam that makes everything the true meaning, the true reality, the true aspect, the true purpose of everything. Without him, we would be in the dark. So it is therefore mercy to each and everything in the creation that God sent him as his messenger. Honor of humanity. Right, He is worshiping his Lord before his Lord. What do I want? I want God. I cannot worship the way he is worshiping. With that intensity, with that cognizance, with that comprehensive vision, with that sincerity. I just see Him and I'm in a state of awe from witnessing His worship. God, I cannot do it, but I'm following Him. I'm attaching myself to Him. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Oh God, send your blessings, your greetings, your greetings of peace, your peace upon our Master Muhammad and his family and his companions. When I say send your blessings, this is not just, you know, God send your blessings. This is me connecting to Him, attaching myself to Him. I want to take a share in his universal worship that's my hope left to my own means i will not be ever i will never be able to fulfill my purposes as a human being the reason why i was sent down to this earth is to fulfill a duty that is to worship my lord to know my lord to worship my lord to glorify my lord to witness, recognize and appreciate his blessings and to show gratitude in return for those. But I cannot do it the way he deserves to be worshipped. The most that humanity can, any human being, the sons of Adam and Eve, the most that they can achieve, the furthest that they can go in their worship of their lord the pinnacle of worship the pinnacle of abudiyya, worshipful slavehood or worshipfulness is prophet muhammad and therefore he is the honor of humanity before god before the entire creation among human beings from whichever point of view you look he is the honor of humanity and the most luminous fruit of the Tree of Creation. The Tree of Creation. If you, think the, if you think creation is a tree, a tree grows and matures and reaches a point at which it becomes fruitful, it starts to bear fruits. And that is, in a sense, the telos, the end point, the purpose of the tree. And Prophet Muhammad wasallam is the most luminous fruit of creation. And in that sense, we can say, as we covered in the previous weeks, in that sense, we can say he is the purpose of creation. He is the telos of creation. He is the end point for creation. And if you look at him in this other way, that is from the point of view of his messengership. Now, we looked at him as uh, as him standing before his lord and in, and in some respects also representing us human beings and the entire creation since we are all God's slaves and servants we looked at him as standing before his lord with us behind him and with us telling god asking god oh god accept his prayer oh god accept his worship oh god accept us with him now we look at him turning around and looking at us with the message from his lord we look at him from the point of view of his messengership of god among the creation and especially human beings you see him to be a demonstration of truth truth being la ilaha illallah as we will see there is no god but allah La ilaha illallah. That is the ultimate truth and that is the truth that explains every other truth. That every other truth stands because of it. And if you look at him from the point of view of his messengership, you see him to be a demonstration of truth. The lamp of reality. Siraj is the word. It's more poetic in Turkish and Arabic. The word lamp, for some reason, at least for him, doesn't carry the um, the, the same uh, poetic meaning perhaps we should say the lan- lantern of reality i.e. the source of the light that illuminates reality that shows reality as reality is a sun of guidance not only that it illuminates but it also shows direction if you were left in the desert and you didn't know in the let's say at night and You didn't know where to go. As the sun rises, you know, oh, this is east, this is west, that's north, that's south. This is the direction I need to go. It both illuminates and shows direction. A sun of guidance and a means to felicity. Only through him we can reach felicity because he is the messenger of God. He is the one whom God chose as the messenger through whom he conveyed us what pleases him and there is no felicity but through god's mercy and blessing therefore prophet muhammad sallallahu wasallam, is our means to felicity he is the one who conveys from our lord to us what pleases our lord i̇şte bak. Nasıl belki hatif gibi onun nuru şarktan garbı tüttü ve nızfı arz ve homsu beşer onun hediyeyi hidayetini kabul edip hırızı can etti. Bizim nefis ve şeytanımıza ne oluyor ki böyle bir zatın bütün davalarının esası olan La ilah illallahı bütün meratibiyle beraber kabul etmesin? Here look how his luminous light covered everything like a dazzling lightning from east to west. Half the earth and a fifth of humanity accepted his gift of guidance, ready to preserve it like their lives. So, how is it then that our lower souls and satans do not accept there is no God but God, Allah, La ilaha illallah, which is the essence of all the claims of this person, and at all its levels la ilaha illallah at all its levels so he covered his light covered everything like dazzling lightning imagine a dark night pitch dark night pitch black night and a storm going on and all of a sudden there's a big dazzling lightnings and everything becomes visible all of a sudden and that light covers everything all at once it's it flashes through the entire reality that you can witness at that moment here look how his luminous light covered everything like a dazzling lightning from east to west half of the earth and a fifth of humanity and this is historically accepted his gift of guidance may The entire earth and all of humanity accept the gift of his guidance may that be the case compassion requires us to wish wish this from the depth of our heart from the bottom of our heart because without his guidance without him the path to felicity is blocked Out of his mercy, we hope that God will take those who have not heard his message. If they were good and if they acknowledge that there is God, there is a creator to paradise too. But at this time, it is really difficult to not hear his message. Of course, there are those out there who are want to, who are somehow... Putting their all in sullying his image, trawling the internet, sowing seeds of tribulation for people who would have otherwise found him there. Of course, there are there is evil, there, there, there are wicked people, wicked people sources of information out there and therefore not everybody can truly truly understand who he is but the means are there so it's really a hard time for humanity it's much easier to become aware of his message in this day and age and of course God knows best we are not in a position to judge one way or another but we should be moved, we should be moved with the possibility that all human beings living around the earth today are um, are able to reach true knowledge about the Prophet وسلم, and if they don't seek it, if they don't take it when they find it they may end up in, in hell in torment they're in torment in this world. We have talked about that many times. They cannot see the beauty in reality. But they may end up with eternal torment too. So that should move us. We should be we should be moved to move. That should be the goal of our existence. That should be that should define us if we have compassion, if we have mercy and if we don't have mercy the merciful shows mercy to those who are merciful show mercy to those who are on earth so that the heavens angels but ultimately God shows mercy to you if that mercy is not in your heart in my heart we may not be able to justifiably say oh god show us mercy and if that mercy is in our heart we should not be just standing by we should be trying hard to carry this message to all humanity be it in the form of you know sending a link to a podcast be it in the form of talking to people be it in the form of giving somebody a little book being it in the form of just being good and setting an example everybody has their own circumstances trials and tribulations and opportunities what matters is that we all we all value our opportunities and use them in the best possible way that we can that's what we are responsible for so anyway half the earth and a fifth of humanity accepted his gift of guidance ready to preserve it like their lives his guidance faith who who has true faith, would not be willing to give up their life to preserve that faith. Faith is the key to the treasures of Divine Names. Faith is the key to eternal felicity. Faith is the key to the company of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu one day insha'Allah. Faith is the key to God's mercy. Faith is the key to God's vision faith is the key to felicity in this world faith is the key to seeing reality as reality is who would not give their life to preserve it so in that case right so then how is it that our lower souls and Satan's do not accept la ilaha illallah there is no God but God in all its levels that, la ilaha illallah which is the essence of all the claims of this person this person such a person as we have been describing that is the essence of his claims then it it, it makes sense the intellect accepts it the heart is moved toward it attracted to it but what's happening to this lower soul and Satan that they are sticking their heads out and saying you know we don't accept what's going on here what is going on here oh my lower soul what is going on here oh the satan that's whispering into my heart just move away move away this person is showing me the path to felicity eternal felicity this person is showing me the path to the solution of all my problems He is showing me the way to God's mercy. Just move away. Get out of my way. I don't have patience with you and I should not have patience with you. I should not be listening to you. I don't have time and energy to deal with you. All I will do to you is just shove you to the side. Push you to the side with my hand and move. On his, on his path. May I be able to do it? May I be able to do it? Um, so, we will also read the section from the Mathnavi al-Arabi al-Nuri that relates to this uh, little section, this droplet that we read. And that goes, if you say, Who is this person whose light has become a sun for the creation who, through his religion, is the unveiler of the perfections of the cosmos. And what does he say? You would be told, look and listen to what he is saying. Remember, we are envisioning ourselves in the Arabian Peninsula at the time of the, the, at the during the age of felicity, perhaps in his mosque, gazing upon his beautiful face. And listening to him look and listen to what he is saying here he is informing about and giving the glad tidings of eternal felicity he is discovering mercy with no end announcing it and inviting people to it he is the public crier who announces the beautifully excellent works of the royal power of Lordship he is their presenter and he is the discoverer of the hidden treasures of the divine names and the one who makes them known. Look at him from the point of view of his duty. You will see him as the demonstration of truth, the lamp of reality, the sun of of true guidance and the means to felicity. Then look at him from the point of view of his personality. You will see him as the exemplar of merciful love. The reflecting image of lordly mercy the honor of the reality of humanity and the most luminous and brightest fruit of the tree of creation then look how the light of his religion has encompassed the east and the west at the speed of lightning that splits darkness and indeed near half the earth and about fifth of the children children of adam have accepted his gift of true guidance with such willful deference in their hearts that they are ready to sacrifice their spirits for it would the lower soul and satan ever be able to contradict the claims of such a person except with deception yeah that's it the lower soul and satan come to us with demands with arguments but at the end of the day all they are doing is deception they are deceivers they are deceivers and we should see them as such especially with regard to the one claim with all of its levels that constitutes the foundation of all that he calls to that is there is no God but God Allah now a little explanation here Ustad Nursi talks about the levels of la ilaha illallah levels of faith So can there be levels to faith? And there's an explanation that he provides elsewhere in in a letter that he writes uh, to one of his students. And there he says, Faith is not limited to a summary and imitative confirmation alone. In the way that there are levels and unveiling instances of progress from a date pit to a huge date tree And from the similitude of the Sun that appears on a handheld mirror to its reflection on the face of the sea and all the way to the Sun itself faith has a multitude of realities with so many degrees and the 1001 divine names and other foundations of faith have so many realities related to the realities of the cosmos that the people of truth have agreed in saying The greatest of all sciences, all knowledge, and all human perfection is faith. And the detailed and demonstrable sacred knowledge that issues from verified faith. I have faith in my Lord as the Lord of me. But then, as my senses expand, as my understanding of reality expands, as my knowledge of reality, the cosmos and, and uh, metaphysical realities expand, I start to realize my Lord as the Lord of the realms. In both cases, I recognize my Lord. So this is not about having faith or not. Right? You either have faith or you don't have faith. But if you have faith, your knowledge, your understanding, your recognition of the faith that you have can expand and can shrink. If you see your Lord as the Lord of yourself, uh, perhaps at home, when you come home from work and had your dinner and you know, time to relax, Perhaps then you can take the mushaf and read some Quran. Perhaps you can pray, if you see your Lord as your Lord at that time. But perhaps not during the day while you're at work. The adhan is called the time for prayer comes, but you have to finish these things. Therefore, you don't have time to pray, or you don't have a proper place to to pray. What would the other people say, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then there's perhaps there is something uh, missing in your faith. You recognize God as your Lord. And, you know, theoretically, in summary form, you recognize God is the Lord. But you didn't recognize God as your Lord at the workplace. So your faith then can increase, can reach a higher level, if you can cultivate your heart so that you recognize your Lord as your Lord both at the workplace and when you're home when you don't have anything else to do and relaxing or perhaps you are in a in an environment where it is easy for you to pray everybody else is praying and you know it's time for prayer adlan is called everybody is taking wudu and going to the masjid and it would even be kind of weird to not follow with other people so there is this social pressure for you to pray too but those mornings when Fajr comes, especially in the summer, when Fajr is so early, if you're finding it hard to wake up for Fajr, then perhaps, you know, your connection to your Lord while you are sleeping in your comfortable bed is not as strong as your connection to your Lord in the afternoon when you are among these righteous people. So there's always work to do, and there are levels to... To ascend through and may we all ascend through those levels all all with the light of under the guidance of this beautiful um, beacon of truth Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam okay we are moving to the seventh droplet vahşi ve adetlerine mutaassıp ve inatçı muhtelif akvamı net çabuk adat ve ahlak-ı seyyiye-i defaten kal ve ref ederek bütün ahlak-ı hasene ile teçhiz edip bütün aleme muallim ve medeni ümeme üstad eyledi. Bak, değil zahiri bir tasallut belki akılları, ruhları, kalpleri, nefisleri fetih ve teshir ediyor. mahbub kulûb, مُعَلِّمِ اُقُولِ مُرَبِّئِ نُفُوسِ oldu. This is a short uh, droplet, but the meaning is long, <laughs> inshallah. Let's try this one too. Here, look. How swiftly and all at once he uprooted and removed the customs and wild and wicked characters of this vast peninsula's various tribes or various peoples. Who are fanatic and obstinate about their customs how he equipped them with all beautiful character traits and made them teachers for the entire realm and mentors for civilized communities of people look this is not an external domination no he is conquering and subjugating the intellects spirits hearts and souls he became the beloved of hearts the teacher of intellects the trainer of souls And the sultan of spirits how swiftly and all at once he uprooted and removed the customs and wild wicked characters of this vast peninsulas various tribes think of the Arabian Peninsula in the sixth century a wild place far away from all centers of civilization Yemen in the south the Byzantine Empire, Damascus, Sham, in the north, Egypt to the northwest, uh, the, the Sassanid Empire to the northeast. Perhaps if you you know travel by the sea, India as a you know place of sedentary civilization too, surrounded with all these civilization, these centers of power and culture and knowledge and etc. etc., but left alone as a result of the distances of the deserts and the, the uh, impassable mountains etc left alone in the desert with meager means for livelihood a rough life which makes them very tough toughness roughness and abruptness becomes the way to live now they have beautiful literature their language is beautiful and they're poetry is beautiful because they, they have nothing else to pass time and they excel in this, right? But it is not used for beautiful means. It is used to praise oneself or one's tribe. So it is used to satisfy the ego and perhaps other uh, other ways to you know, satisfy the lower soul. In a sense, very much like the modern day, uh, if you, if you think of the entertainment industry and how it is um, catering to the lower ambitions and lower passions of the lower soul that's where beautiful literature is emerging but most of it is not using for good purpose beautiful art is emerging from our entertainment industries but ultimately if you look at when you look at the content it is so lonely, so base right so these tribes and they're also very unyielding very obstinate they have one thing that they will never give up and that is their asabiya that is their uh, strong attachment to their own tribe and their ancestors They they take great pride in this and they will not give up that pride. And they are fanatic about the customs that they have received from their ancestors because they are fanatic about their ancestors. So it's a very difficult place to talk to people and to change them. But look what he does there. The entire period during which he promulgated and and conveyed the message is 23 years of his lifetime look how he transformed not only a couple of individuals but the entire entire Arab people surrounding Mecca and Medina and then within a few decades after him how his followers how those transformed beautiful people will conquer vast tracts of land and conquer the hearts of the people where they go how swiftly and all at once he uprooted and removed the customs and wild and wicked characters of this vast peninsula's various tribes who are fanatic and obstinate about their customs isn't that a miracle in and of itself is there any example any example anywhere in history as far as, far as we, we know, that's comparable to this. Yes, there have come people who have, uh, you know, brought a message and who have changed you know, some people, but how many people have they changed? How long has it taken? And how, how much their message has been corrupted and transformed, um, mixed and merged into other teachings, other theories, and lost their purity eventually and therefore lost their ability to sustain that transformative power of the message he is unique isn't this a miracle look how he equipped them Now, not only did he remove those wild wicked um, character traits but look how he equipped them with all beautiful character traits and made them teachers for the entire realm and mentors for civilized communities of people. Those Bedouin Arabs who were who knew nothing other than you know, their camels and their perhaps like felt tents and how to survive in the desert after they meet the Prophet, ﷺ, after they sit in his presence in his majlis in his gathering sometimes for a few minutes sometimes for a a couple of hours sometimes a few years but the maximum is 23 years after they sit there in his presence look at his beautiful face take the message from him and after they are transformed they become teachers they become mentors to Who is Byzantine Empire? Who is Egypt? Who is Sassanid Empire? Who is Yemen? Who is India? What can they claim before the wisdom, light, knowledge, foresight of his people who are transformed by the light of Prophet Muhammad Look, this is not an external domination. So that's also important. He is not doing what he is doing by forcing people to do the things that he wants them to do. He is not coercing them. There is no coercion in religion. He is not coercing them. Now, when he is attacked, when he needs to defend himself, he is defending himself. That's a different question. When the believers need to be protected from the uh, assaults and threat of an external force, he is courageous. He he's a he is a uh, genius commander, and he is going to do that. He is going to defend. But he is not calling people to his message through coercion. Yet. Tens of thousands during his lifetime and millions and billions after his lifetime are drawn to him, are attracted to him. This is not an external domination. No, he is conquering and subjugating the intellects, spirits, hearts, and ultimately even the souls He's training those evil commanding lower souls and making them into content souls. Content souls that God is pleased with. Souls, even lower souls that are you know, created to sustain life uh, and and generations in this world right but that are blind and therefore drawn to anything that's pleasing at the moment he is training even those lower souls and turning them into instruments of eternal felicity he is conquering and subjugating the intellects what he brings to his message makes sense perfect sense the spirits when the spirit takes that message it expands it's happy the hearts the hearts are drawn to that message and the souls he is beautifying even the otherwise lower evil commanding compulsive soul he became the beloved of hearts people believe in his message and accept him as their messenger, as their guide, as their master, lovingly, not out of coercion or habit, lovingly, the teacher of intellects. He was Ummi, he was illiterate, but he was taught by his Lord. He was taught by the all-knower. He was given the Quran and he was given wisdom. He understood the ultimate reality of things. He understood not only the external appearance of things that you know we see, but the aspect that faces their Lord. He understood the purpose of things. He understood how one thing relates to another and leads to another. He understood what leads to God's pleasure and eternal felicity, ultimately. He was given the Quran. He was given wisdom. And therefore, even though he was illiterate, he became the teacher of intellects. That is, the smartest people. The likes of Avicenna, the likes of Imam Ghazali, the likes of Ustad Nursi, these people whose intelligence you can have no doubt about sometimes they did not um they did not embrace and stick to his message with all their intelligence intellect with all their being and therefore there were those there were people who although they were very intelligent were strayed away in some aspects or some respects of their understanding of the message but especially those who submitted to his teaching with heart and soul body and spirit once again like Imam Ghazali like Ustad Bedi Uzzaman Said Nursi what jewels they became what emeralds what diamonds they became the teacher of intellects, the trainer of souls. So these souls, these lower souls that we have, that have passions, that go after food, that go after procreation, that go after um, the enemy when they're angry with something. The good news is that you can train them. And the better news is that the way to train Is taught to us by Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam if you follow his path if you follow him you train your lower soul from being your enemy your worst enemy it becomes your mount you climb on it you mount it and you ride it to eternal felicity inshallah and the Sultan of spirits I have received so much from him I love him so much. Of course, I'm going to recognize him as my sultan. He is my sultan. He is my king. He is the king in the creation. God is the king. Well, Malik and Malik and the owner, right? But among the created beings, he is the king. He is the king of the created beings because he is the most perfect slave of the king. So let's read the uh, section from the Math about this too, and then we will finish with that. Now, if you want to know what is behind his actions, verily it is a sacred power. Now this is a an important sentence we should probably relate to what we just read and explain what is it that accounts for this success that prophet muhammad had in terms in terms of transforming people so effectively and so quickly and so lastingly this is not a human this is not a human thing that's why we said you know isn't this a miracle what is the power behind it it is a sacred power that is behind this It is the sacred power, it is that sacred power that is guiding him. Whenever he is in a challenging situation and has to make a decision, there comes the revelation, there comes the inspiration. It is a sacred power that guides him. And that is an endorsement of his veracity. That is an endorsement that he is a messenger. He is the last messenger. Look at his works on this vast peninsula. Do you not see the wild peoples of this amazing desert who fanatically hold on to their customs who are obstinate in their fanatic tribalism and hostilities and whose hearts are so hardened that some among them bury their daughters, alive, without any distress? Do you not see how this person removed and uprooted all of their evil and wild characteristics in such a short period of time? How he equipped them with beautifully excellent and exalted character? How he turned them into instructors of the realm of humans and mentors to civilized people? And look! His royal power is not established in appearance alone with the force of fear like other kings. No, his royal power is not established on appearance alone with the force of fear. Other kings do that. Rather, he conquers the hearts and intellects. He influences the spirits and souls so much so that he becomes the beloved of hearts, the instructors of intellects, the nurturer of souls or trainer of souls and the Sultan of Spirits. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. the Sultan of Spirits. May we see him in our dreams. May we see him awake. May we see him by the pool of Kavthar. May we Drink from his hand. May we follow him into paradise. May we sit in his company, and may we never leave his company, in this world and in the hereafter, in paradise. Amen. Subhanaka ilma ilmalana illa ma إِنَّكَ alimul الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ وَآخِرِ دَوَاهُمْ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Al-Fatiha. Allahumma